You know, as Americans, we owe a debt to those that have gone before us. We live in a day in America where we're so divided. We're divided racially, we're divided economically, we're divided politically. But in the last 300 years, if you think of the men and women who have died so that we could be free today, they're black, they're white, they're Asian, they're Hispanic, they're from every nationality, every ethnicity have given their lives so that you and I could be free. Well, the division is just not smart, is it? The vitriol hatred that runs across, because we live in the greatest nation on the planet, the greatest freedom, and this, this nation was born really for freedom to worship. The Church of England had a stranglehold, and you couldn't, you couldn't preach the gospel. There was so much stuff you couldn't do, and so a ragtag bunch of folks came and found a new place. And because of all they did, especially the soldiers, you and I get to live in wonderful freedom. Amen. Isn't that right? Come on, man, wonderful freedom. <clears throat> Let's don't, take, let's don't take that freedom for granted and hate people. Let's, take, let's just, em, just embrace the freedom and what God has given us because there was the great soldier, his name was Jesus, and he left heaven, and he fought hell for us, and he died on a cross for us, and he rose from the grave, not as an army, but as an individual, the Son of God, so that you and I could be free, not just here on this planet, but free forever in heaven with him. Amen. This Memorial Day. <clears throat> we remember those who have made what we have possible. So welcome, Promisers, to all of our campuses, our God Behind Bars campuses. Hey, Morgan County, we're believing for revival over there like we've seen it happen over at Bledsoe. On our internet campus from Anderson and Campbell and North and Blunt and Pellissippi, God is doing an amazing work. You picked a great weekend. I know it's vacation and we got tons of, actually probably two or 3,000 people somewhere traveling around the world, promisers all over. And so, but we're believing God wants to do something great today. Are y'all with me in that? God is gonna move. Great message. Uh, if you get this message, your life will be better today. I promise you that. One other thing, again, we need about 200 more missionaries who are gonna go to the Farragut, launch that campus with us this fall. We've named the, the guy who's gonna go lead that. Zach Stevens is gonna go lead and launch the Farragut campus. Amen, come on, it's gonna be great. He and Rachel. He'll still oversee some of our global student stuff, but he's gonna launch that. And we believe that's gonna, that's gonna explode like no campus we've ever had before. So be in prayer every day as we build the team, as Zach gets ready, as more people say, hey, I'll go help that. And as we send folks over there from Blunt and Pellissippi, it's gonna put up more seats at our campuses and every campus is gonna keep growing, amen? So one other thing, by the way, when this is what we believe, when a leader gets better, everybody wins. Would y'all agree with that? A spouse gets better, a parent gets better, a small group leader gets better. Every year, the first week in August, we host an event called the Global Leadership Summit. I was there almost 30 years ago when that event began up in Chicago with Bill Hobbles and Royal Creek. And now it is in thousands of locations globally in dozens of languages. About 350,000 people were at that event last year. We hosted at Pellissippi at Blunt and at our North Knoxville campuses. Man, I want to challenge you. If you want to get better, some of the best thought leaders, some of the best leadership content, God has used you to grow me. I want to encourage you. 
And, and they're in front of you, stuck up. There's a little card, GLS. Sign up for that. Invest in yourself to be better. It will pay off. That's what this whole series is about, Fix Your Upper. It's about investing into you so that you grow closer to God and you can be even great, used to a far greater. Is that, what, is that what God wants? Now, are there any fixers uppers in the house? Anybody? Come on. Anybody? Come on. Well, I just moved here um, from San Diego to Knoxville about three or four months ago. And I moved with my wife. Uh, we were married for eight years and we were just looking forward to a new adventure, hanging out and, and trying something new. And uh, that's when she told me that uh, she wanted to move back to San Diego because she found somebody else. And it was a blind side because I had all these ideas of things I wanted to do, you know. On top of that, I had lost my job that I just started and I had, uh, my talk had died. <laughs> and so I had all these things happen to me, you know, one right after another. And I was looking forward to a whole new adventure. I had all these ideas I wanted to do. And uh, I had to, uh, I just felt devastated, man. But uh, that's when I came to Faith Promise. And as soon as I walked in the door, man, felt, felt that love and compassion from everybody. And uh, right there in the, in the church service during worship, I kind of lost it, man. I started crying right there in the middle of the, the, middle of the service like a big old baby. And uh, really just like an overwhelming feeling of, of love from God. Definitely having the church and, and being, not only just having the church, going to church on Sundays, but actually serving and actually getting involved and going to small group and making those relationships with people. I mean, that's that's really what it's all about, you know, is is, is reaching people and, and um, you know, it has definitely kept me going and given me something to look forward to. My name's Shiloh, and I'm a fixer-upper. Amen. We're all fixer-uppers. Actually, in this service, if you're at the Pellissippi campus, you'll see you will have probably passed Shiloh greeting at one of the doors. And Shiloh experienced what we all experience because in this world, crap is going to happen. Isn't it? It's just going to... Jesus said that in this world, you're going to have tribulation. And so the, the, the blessing of Shiloh is he found a family that would support him. Matter of fact, we used a passage last week out of Luke 6. If you missed it, I want to challenge you. Go back and get the message. It's so important in the foundation of this series, Fixer Upper. But Jesus said, you've got to have a solid foundation because the storms are going to come. And Shiloh never dreamed that he'd be in the circumstances that he found himself in. But in those circumstances, man, he found a family called Faith Promise. And that's what we do. We, we that are, man, we that, when, when part of us are struggling, the rest of us, we hold you up. Amen? We're a family. We're not a perfect family, but we're a family loving each other. And we believe we've got to dig a foundation because this, because a life worth living is a life worth working on. It's so biblical. Ephesians grew up on all aspects under Christ. Working first, you know, Second Timothy talks about studying to show yourself approved over and over and over. We're commanded to grow a faith worth believing. Do we believe Jesus is Lord? Do we believe the Word of God? 
So a faith worth believing is a faith worth working out. It is the will of God that we develop a plan, that we're in the Word every day. Next weekend, I'm going to bring you somewhere that most people have never been. I have a room that I built in my house. It's called the Upper Room. And it's where I meet with God every day. And so only a few people have been there. Next weekend, I'm going to take 8,000 of my closest friends there. Because, ladies, we're going to talk about building closet space. Not one to hang crap because that's what we do in most of them, but one to spend time with God. So it's incredible what God's gonna do. And in this series called Fixer Uppers, we're, we're gonna talk about being renovated by God and being transformed by God. And so what God's gonna do, he's gonna rub off some rough edges. Now, without looking at anyone near you, are there some people in here got some rough edges? No elbows, Holy Spirit doesn't need to help, come on. But we've all got some rough edges, don't we? And so, what, what, and so we're going to swing some hammers, we're going to demo some walls, we're going to open some space up for God to move in and work in and through us. Anybody ready for some, anybody ready for that? Come on, somebody help me this weekend. It's critical. Several years ago, Zach and Rachel were, were married, been married a couple of years, and they, they were looking for a house, and Rachel was, was pregnant with our first grandchild, J.L., and so they didn't have much money, so they were looking for a fixer-upper. You ever been there? And so my ex-sister-in-law was our realtor, and, uh, and she took them to a house, split four-year, about 18, 1900 square feet, and a herd of cats <laughs> had been peeing in that place for 100 years. The house was a repo, so whoever was kicked out took a hammer and beat holes in all the walls. The house had been leaking, setting, setting empty. There was mold, there was mildew. It smelled like ancient cat, like I'm talking about lion pee, not cat pee, lion pee. We walk in, Rachel walks to the top of the steps, begins to weep and goes home. And says, this will never be good. There's no way. I said, no, Rachel, this is going to be nice, man. We're going to fix this up. See, it'll stink forever. I'm not putting my baby in here. I said, just don't come back for three months. Because it's molded mildew. Don't, don't come back. You, no, no. And man, we scrubbed that thing and we fixed the leaks and we fixed the drywall and we had some great help with some Blunt County folks. And, and so we're, man, we get it all. And, and, and man, it is nice. They're living there. But the, if you've ever seen the split foyer, it's got a little dining room, a little living room and a kitchen. You know what I'm talking about? And so Zach said, let's tear all the walls out. I said, well, Zach, we can do that. But understand these are load bearing walls. So we tear these out. Just half the house will fall in. He said, can we do it? I said, sure. Yeah, we can do it. No problem. So we prop up the walls. We, tear, we, we prop up the ceiling. We tear out the walls. We build this big beam and we put it up and we open it up and they love it. They just love it. See, you've got to open some space up for God to move in your life. Are you with me? We've got to demo some walls. Matter of fact, if we can be honest, there's some people this weekend, you got some closets or a part of the basement. You've got some areas in your life that you've walled off from God. Because you know what's in there, God wouldn't want to see, like he doesn't know. But that's what we do. See, most of us, when we do renovation, we do a little decorative beams. I call those the decorative beams of belief. that They're just there for looks, but they won't hold any weight. And so, as Jesus said, when the storm comes, those decorative beams won't hold. 
See, here's, here's the deal. Demolitions are not the dream, but the dream only comes through the demolition. Got to get rid of some stuff. You got to tear some walls down that are not being supported by God. You've got to open up some space. Now, <clears throat> I said last week, I do lots of projects. I've built houses, renovated houses, renovated boats, renovated cars. I do all that stuff. And I'll tell Michelle, hey, I'm going to do this. The last thing I did was, was she has shoes. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm just still suffice to say there wasn't enough room for the shoes. So I said, all right, Michelle, I'm going to build the big shoe rack in the closet. I'm going to put it over here. It's going to be like this. She said, I can't see that. I said, no, I'm going to put it right. It's going to come out. We're going to, I'm going to give you 10 times more shoe space. I shouldn't have done that because she'll fill that up too. And so, and so, and she said, I can't see it. She can't see it until I build it. Does anybody get that? See, she can't visualize a project. Rachel couldn't visualize that that cat pee horrible place would turn into a home that they love. And this is the reason why many of us will not exert the spiritual effort to grow because we can't visualize what God will do in our lives if we do. See, I remember I just gotten saved and the pastor invited me to his office. I walk in, the room is filled with books. He's quoting scripture, he's been to seminary. And I just looked around and I said, I can never know what he knows. I can never be what he is. I can never quote verses like he quotes. Man, there's no, see, I couldn't, I couldn't see. But you know what? One, just slowly and surely, I begin to read and I begin to memorize. And guess what? I've read all the books he's read. Now I've written them. I memorize all the verses he, he, that he read. As a matter of fact, now I pastor a church larger than he ever dreamed about pastoring. And nobody is more excited than John Yarborough. But see, we look out there and say, I can never be that, so there's no reason taking the journey. I can never know this Bible is too hard, so there's no reason for me to ever start. I can never really have a prayer life, so there's no reason. That all is logic from Lucifer to keep you out of what God wants to get you into. Does this make sense? See, buddy, so see, we're, are we all fixer-uppers? Philippians 1, 6, he that began a good work will complete it in you. God's going to finish what God started. But what I've learned is sandpaper comes in all kinds of shapes and all kinds of sizes. So here's the, here's the deal. I believe that circumstances in our lives are sand. It, it, circumstances are, is sandpaper. Does that make, and see, sandpaper is what God uses to polish you and finish you. And so God will use our circumstances if we'll let him to grow us. This makes sense. But see, the problem is this. If you're, if you're listening, I'm listening. Sandpaper causes friction. And friction in our lives causes frustration. And so we don't want frustration. And that, that frustration causes us to, get, to be very discontented. So, but if we'll see the circumstances in our life, that all that God is doing, the sandpaper, if we frame the friction of our frustration in our favor, then God will, Romans 8, 28 us, he'll take all things together for our good if we'll have the right focus. Does this make sense? Are you with me? I promise you, if you change your focus, what I'm gonna give you this weekend, your life will be better today. Lunch will be better today. 
So we're going to go back 3,500 years to Exodus chapter 15. And Paul said in the New Testament, the Old Testament was types and shadows of things to come. And one thing I want to show you is people have always been people. I don't care what continent you're from. I don't care what the color of your skin is. We all have the same DNA and we're all people. We're gonna, and I wanna show you what they did because it's usually what we did and it's the wrong way to do. Does this make sense? Let's pick it up in verse 22. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea. They've just left Egypt. They've just seen 11 of the greatest miracles, 10 plagues. They leave, then God parts the Red Sea. They've left. They went out into the wilderness of Shur and they went three days in wilderness and they found no what? Now, if you're in the desert, what do you need? Now the word Shur means a wall or to be entrapped. You ever felt trapped? You ever felt like you were walled in, there was no way out? See, we've all felt that way. The deal is that our dreams are beyond the wall. The Israelites' dreams were beyond the wall of Egypt. And now they're entrapped in the wilderness with no water and their dreams are beyond the wall. Because they're, but now they've left with all these high hopes, all these great expectations that we're gonna go. We got this promised land. And now they're three days in the wilderness and they're about to thirst to death and they are very unhappy campers because being thirsty is not what they had hoped for. But I want you to get, if you're listening, say, I am. There's always a wall before there's a breakthrough. There's always a wall the enemy will plant or God will allow before there's a breakthrough. Now they had just walked past the walls of water. Three days, they've walked past the walls through the miracle of the Red Sea. They saw the 10 plagues. They seen the greatest miracles any people have ever seen. This is why I say miracles won't increase your faith. Well, if God would just do this, man, I'd have faith. No, you wouldn't, because people are people. These people saw more miracles than anybody that have ever lived on the planet. And they're about to, they're about to start sucking wind three days later. Does this make sense? See, these, they were fixer-uppers like us. They had just been slaves, still smelled like Egypt, and now they're, they're on the way up. But here's the deal. What brought you where you are today will not get you where you need to go tomorrow. See, the plagues wouldn't help them. Parting the Red Sea wouldn't help them. They needed a new miracle. They needed another kind of miracle that they had not seen before. What got you where you are will not get you where God wants to take you. Does this make sense? That's why you gotta be close and connected. This why you gotta be, man, you gotta be connected to heaven. You gotta get it. So there's gonna be some demolition of some walls. We gotta find out where the support is, where they're coming from. But our expectations, do we all have expectations? And when they're not met, they lead to frustration, don't they? Well, it's not what I signed up for. This is not what I wanted. See, Mara is where they found themselves in the wilderness. It's not what they signed up for. They didn't want Mara. So they're, they're mad. They're angry that they're entrapped in sure the wilderness with no water to drink. They're frustrated with God. They're furious with Moses. And man, they, they're, just, they're just bitter and angry. Here's the best. See, walls, if we allow them, they'll close us in and they'll close God out. See, they left, they left Egypt and they were on their way to the promised land and halfway in the middle was a place called Elam. And Elam was a desert resort. Fresh water, palm spring, I mean, it was nice. But they weren't there yet. They're halfway through the, they're halfway through the project. You ever gotten halfway through a project and say, dear God, how did I get involved in this? 
I promise you, before we got Zach and Rachel's house livable, there was some conversation about how in the world did we get ourselves into this? This was crazy. Come on, in the middle of the mess is when we say, how did we get ourselves in this? You ever been there? So here we all are in the middle of the mess of God growing us. How did we get where we are? Verse 23. Then they came to Marah, and they could not drink the water of Marah, for they were bitter, therefore it was named Marah. Marah in Hebrew means bitterness, that's what they call it, Marah. Now they're not happy, they're angry. But guess what? When circumstances come against you, are you happy about it? No, you're not, you're mad about it, aren't you? Just like them, we still respond the same way. Nobody likes sandpaper, nobody likes testing, even though the Bible says rejoice. When you encounter various trials, knowing the testing of your faith produces endurance. We know Jesus said, man, the storms are gonna come, but you've overcome the world. The word of God is full of that while this, this world crap's gonna happen and we're to rejoice when in the middle of us. Do we rejoice? No, we curse God and blame other people. We don't wanna be in Mara. We wanna be in Elam. We don't wanna be in the middle. We wanna be in the end, but guess what? We're not in heaven yet. We're in the middle. You can make the best of it. You can grow and be used by God or you can be mad all the time. It's your choice. You can get bitter, you can get better. So you might get in this. Am I helping anybody? What you have to realize though is this, that breakthroughs happen in Mara. They don't have breakthroughs don't happen in Elam when you're at the resort. Breakthroughs happen when you're in the middle of bitterness. We are not transformed in the paradise, but in the practices in the word of God every day, praying every day, spending some time fasting, solitude, seeking God, all the spiritual disciplines. That's why I encourage you to develop a growth plan. In the last weekend of this series, I'm gonna give you one. Well, it'll be abbreviated. You can get a whole one on my website. Download it, it's free, drchrisstevens.com. You just go download it. But, but here's the deal. See, for many of us, we, we look at the problems and we get frustrated, don't we? And our frustration leads us to discontentment. Does this make sense? So here we are in the middle of God's circumstantial sandpaper. Here we are in the middle of the mess. And what we do is we get discontented. So we either camp out at bitter and nobody likes that, or we go back to Egypt and become slaves again. What's God's will that we go forward? God, what do you wanna teach me right here at this place? What do you wanna do in my life right here? God, I don't understand, but right here we are. And so it's your choice. You just ask God for support. Ask God, God, show me. I don't understand why I don't have a job. I don't understand why my loved one has cancer. I don't understand why my child has walked away from you. God, I don't understand. I don't understand. You just tell God, amen? That's what we do. Now, if you're gonna, if you're gonna demoli, dem, uh, demolish a wall or you know, you're trying to do some light stuff, you need a stud finder. You ever seen one? Not that kind of single ladies. I'm talking about a... I'm talking about a stud finder that we use to find where the studs are in the wall. And then we find out where we're going to hang a picture, what we're going to do. See, before we can move on from Mara, there's got to be a breakthrough. We've got to tear down some walls and we've got to build on the support of God. Does this make sense? We can go on. Verse 24 and 25 says this. So the people grumbled at Moses. Now, be honest. You ever grumbled at the pastor? Ha <laughs> ha. Come on, you ever grumbled at me? Come on, you know you have. 
This is the why most people quit the ministry. All you pastors that are watching this message, this is why people quit, because you get grumbled about. See, they grumbled about Moses. They wanted to kill him and go back to Egypt. Matter of fact, they grumbled about Jesus. They did kill him, so grumble at my meat doesn't bother me at all. If you grumble at the pastors, it proves you have poor judgment. All right, so they, they're grumbling at Moses. They're griping, complaining, saying, what should we drink? Then he cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree and he threw it into the waters and the waters became sweet. Now, one verse separates their dilemma from their deliverance. And my question is this, why did Moses wait three days to call on God? Now, had they just seen 11 amazing miracles? Unbelievable, you know what they could have done? They could have stopped and said, God, our water pouches are empty and you are the God of all supply. You are the God of the breakthrough. You parted the Red Sea, you can give us water out here in the middle of this desert. God, we don't understand why we're here, but we love you in the midst of it. So God, I'm just gonna bow before you and I'm just gonna worship you. I'm gonna honor you and I'm just gonna bring all my petitions to you. They could have done that, couldn't they? But that's not usually how we respond to frustration, is it? Wouldn't it be better if we did? Wouldn't it? We say, but, but Pastor, I'm in, this, I, man, I'm in this situation. I don't know how it's gonna work out. God does. Have we ever been in circumstances before? Did God come through? Okay, he'll come through again. How do you know? Because it's the nature of God to come through. That's how I know. Come on, somebody help me with this. So here's where we mess up. See, fixating on the frustration blocks our view of how God works. Because we're not looking at God to deliver us, we're looking, at, we're looking at our frustration to blame somebody. Are you with me? We wanna blame somebody for why I'm in this midst of this mess. They blame Moses because he's the one that came and got them. Even though they'd been begging God for a deliverer, Moses comes, gets them, so now they blame him. I don't know why they waited three days. I don't get that, but they did. Is that, isn't that what they did? But ultimately, Moses cries out to God and God comes through. See, here's the deal. Frustration separates us from our future. Because instead of focusing on God, allowing God to take that circumstance and polish you up to get you ready for the, what God, how God wants to use you, we don't. Look at verse 26. And he said, if you'll give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all the statutes, I will put none of the diseases upon you, which I put on the Egyptians, for I, the Lord, am your healer. God says, I'm always the one that heals you. I'm always Jehovah Jireh, your provider. I'm always the one that will come through. But, but see, they've not got to Elam yet, which is the resort. They're in, they're in the middle of Mara. But see, the, there is no Elam without Amara. There is no enjoy the excitement of Elam until you march through the bitterness of Mara. And in this world, we're gonna march through it, is, aren't we? So does God wanna renovate and transform us? Are you sure God wants to do that? Then as God does that and circumstances come, we embrace those and we, uh, we, we learn to surrender and to trust God. We've been through so many things that we've learned to trust God. Look at verse 27. They came to Elam where there were 12 springs of water and 70 palms and they camped beside the waters. They're at resort now. They're at the resort. See, the circumstantial, the supernatural circumstances of sandpaper, if we'll allow it, we'll learn to trust God. 
we'll learn. When we were in Oak Ridge as a church in the late 90s, and I said, we had a 12 acres over there. I said, the 12 acres isn't big enough. God's got a bigger vision. We're going to sell that. We're going to move to West Knoxville. We're going to buy 30 acres. People said, you're crazy. And we built the first building up here. And people said, there's no way we'll make it. Man, how will we have enough money to make it? That was in the year 2000. In case you hadn't noticed, we made it. Are you with me? And we learned to trust God. Then I said, we're going to plant another campus in Blount County. And the people said, how are you going to be two places at once? I said, we're going to do video teaching. And people said, that's crazy. Nobody will go to church with a screen. There's a thousand people at Blount County this weekend. Thank you very much. What happened? God moved. God moved. We said, we're going, to do a, we're going to do a campus and a prison. We're going to have video worship, video message. People said, you can't do video worship. Our most passionate worshipers are at the Bledsoe County campus of God Behind Bars. <laughs> to a screen. People said, you can't go to Farragut. Watch us. I've been telling people for 35 years of walking with Jesus, hide and Watch. I love the old parable. He that says it cannot be done should not get in the way of he that is doing it. Are you with me? Are y'all excited about being a part of a move of God? Because that's what God is doing. That's what God is doing. But see, we've all felt trapped, haven't we, at some point in our life, that we've all been assured. We've been surrounded by the walls. We've been trapped. And listen, this is what we typically do. Come on, you can't miss this. When, we're, when we feel like we're trapped and there's walls around us, we begin to disengage. We disengage from God, we disengage from the people of God, we disengage from the house of God. Wrong move. Engage the frustration and the breakthrough will come. Does that make sense? Embrace where you are. Because look at Moses. Four days before this day, he was a hero. Three days later, he's a zero. Isn't he? They're going to kill him and go back to Egypt. Man, they hate him. Because see, when we get in the sandpaper of circumstances, we're looking for somebody to blame. Or we're looking for somebody to rescue us. What we need to do is build some God-supporting walls in our life on the foundation of the Word of God that God is going to grow us and use us. That makes sense? I love this. So, so Moses cries out to God and said, what are we going to do? He said, you see that tree over there? Put it in the water and the water will be good. 1,500 years later, when there was nothing to drink spiritually, God got another tree on the top of Mount Calvary at the place of the skull where he allowed his only begotten son to be crucified so that the fresh waters one more time could be drank. He said, come, all you that are, come, come and drink of the water of life freely and without cost. Man, go, well, that's what God does. That's how God moves. See, we've all needed it. We all need a breakthrough. And we're looking down the road. Everything you need, everything that Moses needed was right there. Everything he needed was right there. They just were looking in the wrong place. They were, they were all pounding the problems instead of praising heaven. Now, this is, this is what I think is cool. You got the picture of where they are. Mar in the middle. They're in the middle of this whole deal. Elam, five miles down the road. How long would it take you to walk five miles? Not that long. Five miles down the road. But they're, yet they're walled in. They don't realize that Sweetwater Resort was just down the street. So if you're in the middle of Mara, embrace the pain. Embrace the possibilities. Don't focus on, on the negativity. Just begin to worship God in the midst of it. Because see, patience is your ally. 
Have we all seen God come through before? Have we seen God heal? Have we seen God save? Have we seen God provide? That is the nature of our heavenly father. Come on, somebody's in the midst, we just trust him. So here's the deal, before God does it for you, he's got to do it in you. Embrace it. I'm in the middle of Mara. Don't know how I got here, why are we here? Why does it matter? It matters what is God gonna do next? Shiloh, who shared his story, how he got there, what happened, it didn't matter. What's he gonna do next? Am I gonna embrace Jesus? Am I gonna embrace the family of God? That's what he chose to do. Sitting right in this service right over here. Come on, give Shiloh a hand this morning. Man. So before God, before he does it for you, he's got to do it in you. Does this make sense? And so the, you just, you got to embrace. You got to, you got to realize all that's going on. You got to, you got to see your miracle's not down the road. It's right here. It's here now. Amen. It's here now. This Memorial Day weekend, your miracle's here. Pastor, you don't understand what I need. They needed water or they were going to die. God knows what you need. The fact that you're in the middle of Mar does not surprise God. He knows right where you are. It was not God's will for Shiloh's wife to walk away, but God knew that she would. And he, so he surrounded him with a family. God, listen, God doesn't give people cancer. God doesn't cause bad things to happen. That happens because we live in a fallen, cursed world. And we're susceptible to all the things the rest of the world is. But God said, in the middle of the mess, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And if you'll put all your trust in me, I'll walk you through the storm. I'll either calm the storm or I'll calm you. If we'll just, instead of fixating on the frustration, we will fixate on our Father. Maybe this weekend you've never, you're not in a relationship with Jesus. You can't trust someone you're not in a relationship with. So if you're ready to enter into a relationship with him, we're going to pray a simple confessional prayer. We're going to pray this out loud with you. So with every head bowed, if you're ready to begin a relationship with him, just pray this prayer with us. Say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned and I'm far from you. I know you love me. You died for me. You rose from the grave. Come into my heart. Be my Lord, my foundation, my future. I will live for you the rest of my days. Show me how to trust you in the midst of the mess. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, somebody give God some praise in the house. Now, hey, if you do this message, will life get better? When? Jesus said, that man that hears the word, my words, and acts upon him, I'm gonna tell you what kind of man that is. That's the kind of man that dug a deep foundation and built a home, and the storms came, and it stood the midst of the storms because it was built on a foundation. Next weekend, we're gonna talk about the prayer closet. It is, I'm just gonna, man, we'll just open up to all that I know how to open up and help you connect with the Heavenly Father. Does that make sense? So, is it gonna be a great summer? It's gonna be a best summer we've had. Fixer Upper.
We move into the Holy Land series after that, that we shot a ton of the stuff when we were in Israel. By the way, there's a trip in October if you want to be a part next year, 18, if you'll, I must say, in glory, no. But we shot some of the messages and some of the footage, and we'll talk about revival, and then we're going to move into at the movies in July. I just, absolutely, it's going to be the best summer we've ever had. Man, let's be faithful. Love you. Can't wait to see you next weekend. Be blessed as you walk into open heaven.